You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. When people first came to America, they brought us with them. We are the ancient ones. Then they built churches, cathedrals, or they'd erect a stone circle. Dear God, I hope you got the letter and I pray you can make it better down here. Gradually they abandoned us. Old, forgotten gods. Now there are new gods growing in America. I can't They want to destroy us. War's a coming, Shadow. I have a big role for you. Time to ride. Where am I? Did that happen? There's something special going on here, and I feel a part of it. He is dangerous. I need you to believe that. There's always a cost with him. Just haven't paid it yet. The war begins. And you want to take him out? No, you take them all out. This is America. The greatest story ever told. Are we ready? Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Peron, and joining me once again, I'm going to have Steve here. Today, we are going to do a preview of some of the most anticipated things that we're kind of looking forward to in 2019. Obviously, this is going to be a very heavy Star Wars presence in our list. A Star Trek presence, Marvel presence, DC presence, you name it. All the big things that we're into and all those other offshoot things uh, that are not necessarily franchises, but nonetheless are things that we're just kind of chomping at the bits, waiting to be able to get our hands on, even including a couple of Star Wars toys. So let's get started with our 2019 preview. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin direct via satellite from our on-the-spot task force. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Thank you, Bob. It's Mort. Mort, yes. I am Ted Baxter, and here is the news. All right, I am joined here once again by Steve. Say hi, Steve. 
Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me back, Carlos. Appreciate it. All right, all right. And Happy New Year to you. That's right. This is technically not our first show of the year, but... I guess it could be considered the first show recorded of the year, even though the last show was our first show of the year. We recorded it the previous year. So technically, this is kind of our first show of the year. That's right. That's right. Good point. This is a subject we're going to do today that Steve suggested last time we talked. And it's a great idea because a lot of times, you know, we're kind of playing catch up on all these different subjects. But this time we're going to try to preemptively hit a lot of the stuff that we're looking forward to in 2019, both in television and films. And obviously, you're going to see uh, very familiar patterns uh, with myself. And and by now, I'm sure with Steve, you're, you're kind of starting to kind of tell what Steve is into and all that stuff. And unsurprisingly, we overlap in a lot of stuff. So let's begin with Star Wars. The big gigantic one this year which is the december release of episode nine that is huge obviously it's the last installment in this particular trilogy it is depending on who you talk to a movie that could save the trilogy or destroy the trilogy depending on what (laughs) camp you know you're on you know as far as how you enjoy the film or not. Now, let's just do a quick little recap because I don't remember if we ever got deep into this, but how did you feel about episode eight, The Last Jedi? Well, let me give you my my personal opinion of seven and eight because yes. I, I really don't separate the two. I, I see them sort of as just, you know, the, now the sequels. So I got to say, you know, I, I'll just put it out there. I, I didn't really enjoy them. <laughs> now, that's not to say, you know, I'm not here sitting here crying, you know, you know, they ruined my Star Wars. I, yes. I'm, burning, <laughs> I'm burning all my Luke Skywalker toys. And No, 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 no. It's not, no and and again, but, I, we, we like to suggest to everybody that wants to burn their toys, mail them to us. We yes. will pay for the shipping. Just mail everything <laughs> you, you dislike anymore. Mail it all to us. All of those original 1977 <laughs> Star Wars action figures, I will gladly take. But in in all seriousness, um, thematically, story wise, and just overall, I, I just I just there's something about the new movies that just feels very disjointed, very equally um, or just, one more than the other. Um, no, no, Last Jedi sort of really, you know, sends me, you know, it, it, it has this vibe of it was just kind of put together. And this is a completely different topic that we probably don't even have time for. But <laughs> but, but, but the, the, the point is, I, I wasn't too keen on the new movies. They have some very good story ideas and, you know, definitely some great scenes in, in each of them that yes. I think are just, you know, they nail it. But overall... No, I'm not too big of a fan. So that's why I am sort of looking forward to seeing Nine. And and it's why I'm sort of putting some more stock into it. Because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that Nine is going to make or break Star Wars for me. Definitely not. You know, it could be the worst of all the movies and I'll still love Star Wars. Right. But I feel like J.J. Abrams sort of has his work cut out for him in this one. And I think that the expectation of him wrapping everything up and sort of bringing this whole saga to an end something that people have been waiting for, you know, for, you know, 40 plus years, you know, to see the, you know, how the Skywalker saga will be wrapped up, you know, there's sort of a, a, a responsibility he has to sort of, you know, leave it in a better spot than when he, you know, took it on in episode seven. 
Right. And and originally, this was not going to be his responsibility because they had another director lined up and he kind of fell through because they, they fired him because of other issues having to do with, I guess, other films and his behavior and this and that or, or whatever you want to call it. But all of a sudden now he's back in the picture. And yeah, I mean, obviously, if you guys have heard some of the previous shows, I have a slightly different take on it than Steve. I really enjoyed the first one. I was really disappointed by the second one. And I'm hoping that, again, by bringing J.J. Abrams back, I can get some of that, you know, Force Awakens magic back into what I've been seeing. You know, I wanted to go back to that previous one. To me, the second episode, again, like Steve is saying, you know, I'm not throwing everything out the window. You know, there were things about the, uh, the, the prequel trilogy I disliked, especially with Phantom Menace. There were a lot of things I disliked. And... I'm not saying that whole trilogy falls apart because of the fact that I didn't like certain things. No, this is the same scenario. There are things I absolutely loved about The Last Jedi, certain sequences, certain battles and stuff like that. But then there were other places where it was like, oh my God, please get on to the next scene. I can't take this anymore. So it's like that. And I've come to almost be able to accept the film. I still don't like it, but I accept it in terms of the like the cliff note version of what the story being told is. So in my head, I have The Force Awakens and then some events that happen after Force Awakens that I don't want to go into detail. And now we're moving <laughs> on to episode nine. So it's like, yeah, she trained and uh, they lost some good guys uh, lost and, and Kylo takes over and now we're on episode nine. So I don't want to kind of linger on the things that I dislike. I kind of want to kind of rush through those things. With that said, keep in mind, and I keep repeating this, the Last Jedi is probably one of the most modern Star Wars films I've seen so many times. I've seen it many, many times on video. I saw it a couple times in the movie theater. And video, I'm talking about, you know, Blu-ray or, or, or Blu-ray 3D and all that stuff. Because I kept saying to myself, and people kept saying, you know, you got to try it again. See it a second time, you know. For me, it does not get any better. It just stays at that same level, you know, of, of just, uh Let's move on. So that's where I am. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely agree. And, and what was funny was when you were when you were saying that um, about how you you sort of rushed past episode eight. Th- that to me is like embodies what episode eight actually does feel like. It feels like <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, like like your head of what of what you try to get past episode eight with with kind of like speeding through it. That's how yeah. the, that's how the movie actually to me plays out. It, it feels like it was this rushed attempt to kind of get through some high notes in the story and then everything else just kind of rushed over. Like the whole the, the whole subplot of Finn and Rose and and um and oh. Poe and Poe and Haldo. Like nothing there feels substantial or you know Canto Bite and the oh, whole visit yeah, there. Yeah, like, why? Why why, why waste this the time? But, Again, we're, this isn't the episode for that. I know, I know. Uh, I, I'm, well, well, I'm guilty. This, well, this does play into this is playing to because we're looking forward to nine. So, what is it in nine that we want to see? Then, I, so, I mean, do we want to see? Because if you think about it, nine has a lot to to wrap up. It has the Finn storyline. It has Rose, you know, Ray, and like the three of their relationship going on, where Rose was kind of introduced into Finn's life. Basically, it has the first, the whole first order business. It has, um, you know, Luke. Well, I mean, that's a huge story point. You know, what's Luke going to be? Is he going to come back as a Force ghost? The whole first order, the whole state of the galaxy itself. Because, yeah. Because you know, the whole New Republic is it, it was destroyed. But I mean, is that 
that it? I mean, there's no one else out there. They have they have they have Lando, Billy, you know, Billy D. Williamson is coming in. So they have so many. That's right. They have so many, so many different storylines that they have to bring together. I worry that it is going to feel like another episode eight where they have where it feels like you know they have to sort of just touch on scenes and not really delve deep into anything. Well, I don't want to be greedy and like demand that I want this, 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 and that. I'm looking at it a little more from afar in terms of saying, are they going to just continue with Ryan Johnson's vision? Are they doing some kind of readjustment, rewriting, re-something, so that J.J. brings it back more to what he had in mind during Force Awakens? Because I've read many times that he had something different in mind, and they just didn't decide to pursue that. So what course is he taking? Or is Disney going to kind of split it down the middle to please everyone? Are they, go- are they going to try to please the people that are very unhappy and the people that are super happy? So, which is, I, I couldn't imagine how you could do that. You, you, I don't think you can please everyone. Uh, so I, I'm very interested in seeing how do they handle that. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. You're right. They can't please everyone. And Star Wars has such a a, a large and from what we see now after Last Jedi, um, a, a very varied, you know, fan base, which we're just getting evidence of it. Uh, yeah, it, you can't please everyone. And so I, I think, you know, the best that JJ can hope for is that, you know, he doesn't sort of rock the boat too much. And sort of, and again, I j- just hopefully, you know, leaves the, the, the storyline and, and Star Wars itself in, again, a better spot than when he first picked it up. Yeah, exactly. Now, in the world of Star Wars, we have multiple fronts all over the place. Oh, yeah. Not only a film, but we are also dealing with the theme park that both in California and Florida, here in Florida, Galaxy's Edge is about to open. Uh, I believe California is getting it probably in June, and we are getting it here, I don't know, maybe September, October, something like that, which is going to be this theme park that we've been dreaming about for for years, forever. Even before Star Wars uh, was bought out by Disney, I used to fantasize about what would, it, what would a Star Wars theme park look like. Well, this is the closest thing that we're going to get to it. An entire section of an existing park, you know, opening up. Uh, with multiple Star Wars attractions, not only, I believe, a uh, a Millennium Falcon ride, an interactive, you know, three-dimensional ride, I believe, and then another kind of like, I think it's like a virtual reality environment also, and all these different locations and stores and places that you would visit as if you're in that world, that, that already pre-existing world. Everybody walking around, you know, uh, employees and people in character. Even a hotel, I'm told, is being put together that you can actually kind of role play an adventure from the hotel to the park. And then you go back to the hotel and you're in that mode. Now, granted, this hotel, from what I understand, is going to be so ridiculously expensive that I'll probably never get to see it <laughs> because I, I, I'm hearing something like, I don't know if it's per person or per, per room, uh, something like at least $1,000 a night to be able to stay in this and participate on these adventures. And that's not even including the park tickets and all that stuff. So it is it is huge. And I just hope that it doesn't just become a, a gigantic VIP, you know, uh, high roller type of environment that the rest of us can't even get anywhere near it because it would be so expensive. So 
uh, you know, I'm hoping for the best, and I know it's going to be super crowded. And like I said, they're both mirroring each other, both the California one and the uh, the Florida one. But California will open first, so we'll at least start to see uh, videos and pictures and stuff of, of all that stuff. Television, The Mandalorian. Now, this is going to be pretty much the first time in a very long time that Star Wars and, and is involved in a live-action something for television. Now, if I remember right, the last time they did live action might have been maybe some of those Ewok movies from the 80s, the mid-80s or something, because I'm not even going back to the holiday special because that's just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> every time I think live action, I, I automatically think holiday special. Yeah, and the last time that they were going to do something was back when Lucas was still involved in the in the company and he was going to do, I forget what it was called. Um, Level, uh, I, uh, you're talking about the, I think it's like level... 13 or something 13. or well, wasn't that a video game like it was supposed to be a video game and also a 20 part or a 20 episode miniseries kind of series that he was starting to he actually started writing them he had writers hired and they started writing and the episodes are apparently there somewhere but that's around the time where oh, underworld that's what it's called underworld mm. Star Wars Underworld was supposed to be like the the lower levels of Coruscant and the seedy night uh, uh, criminals and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it was supposed to be kind of adultish, the, the show. But again, once the sale happened, that got shelved. Uh, along with, they also shelved a, a cartoon series called Detours by the uh, guys from Robot Chicken. And they also have, I think, like an entire season already pre-done and they never released it. That's also sitting in, in the shelf somewhere, which we don't know if that will ever see the light of day. But all of a sudden now, The Mandalorian is coming. John Favreau is in charge. He's the showrunner, you know, a pretty well-known, you know, director. We are seeing pictures left and right of... Uh, Characters like IG-88 all of a sudden going to be making an appearance and some other bounty hunters and and the whole legend of the Mandalorian warriors, you know, that kind of thing that we really explored a little bit of the Mandalorian culture during Clone Wars. And obviously, we you know, I keep bringing up the fact that the Jango Fett and the Boba Fett character are not true Mandalorians. They're just wearing the armor, but they're not Mandalorians. Yeah, so yeah much, I wonder, much to many fans uh, chagrin, yeah. really. So I wonder where this is going to go. I'm, I mean, do, do you have any high hopes that, that they could pull off a, a live-action show? Uh, yeah, no, I do, actually. I, I really do. And I think, honestly, I think this type of story format where it's it's going to be... Um, and also, I'm not sure if you heard recently, they, they're saying that they described it as being a limited series. So it's uh-huh. so so yeah. So whatever that means, I think what we're gonna see is that there's a set story for this, and and it might not be a set number of episodes, but there's definitely you know a beginning, a middle, and an end already you know written out. So I think that type of storytelling fits perfectly because you don't want something that's gonna be dragged out, you know, season after season, and you're exactly. not knowing where. Especially recently with Lucasfilm, you're not knowing where they're going, or you you know. So I think it's phenomenal that they have you know something planned out and that it's going to you know tell a certain story and end i have really high hopes for this i love how they're 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 sort of cut you know getting some more deeper cuts like ig88 the whole show itself feels like it's it's more for us you know it's more for you know the (laughs) the the sort of more adult audience rather than um like star wars resistance you know as cool as that show you know looks it looks beautiful that's not really for you know our age demographic which is fine no but you know 
the Mandalorian, this show feels more like it's catered toward us. It's gonna have a lot more references that we're gonna get, more of a, an adult sort of you know theme and everything. So I'm really really looking forward to this one. Yeah, and they have a pretty good role model, if you will, or, or a guinea pig. You know, all these Marvel shows that recently have been canceled on on Netflix. The fact that they were able to pull off something like this, a very different, more adult kind of serialized you know version of of these characters star wars to be able to do something like that in in a smaller screen you know it's possible they could pull it off they could pull it off and uh, not only with the mandalorian but then there's the cassian andor series which is also kind of caught everybody by surprise all of a sudden wait there's gonna be another series about him you know i guess obviously before he died you know his missions and and that's gonna be a completely different type of feel i think because it's i don't know i don't know if you can call it a not so much a James Bondy type of thing, but it's more about. I imagine it's more about espionage and and spying and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's why I, I also I love this idea, and it goes back to the whole idea of you know like the um, I guess like the limited series is the fact that each one of these can have their own you know flavor and feel to it. So you know while the Mandalorian, I I get the sense that it's going to be more of like a western. You're right. I, I yes. think I think the Cassidy Ander show is going to be more of a um, more more of like a like, like I said more of like a sleuth slash detective slash espionage yeah, flavor to it. And 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 I can see this you know carrying out long term. You know, and maybe we can get like a a solo miniseries or something. Or, or you know, these they, they can do a whole bunch of different themed shows that have you know the sort of genres to them based on the Star Wars universe. And I think it would be. Instead of having, you know, the episode movies, you know, try to cram as much into them as possible, we can take our time and, you know, get 20 episode series on, you know, specific characters or specific, you know, situations and everything. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, if they're a little gun shy now about doing those individual films until they do return to that format, let's say, if they do eventually. In the meantime, you could take a character like Obi-Wan or even Han Solo, the new Han Solo, the younger Han Solo, have them do maybe one episode or two episodes, you know, do a six-episode arc with, with Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan in some oh, shape or form. I would love form. it. You know, th- they could try something like that. I mean, a lot of these actors, they're, they're game. You know, they're not, you know, they're not super, super gigantic stars that, you know, oh, we don't touch that. We don't do television. No, we're in a different world now. Television and streaming services it's it's just another format the line, for, yeah the for, line uh, is blurring between the two yeah, it really is exactly now uh, on the other hand just because they're bringing out these live action shows they're still going to be pumping out the usual array of animated shows resistance for example uh they just announced they renewed it as a matter of fact uh, i just watched uh, the the trailer for the second half of the season and it to me it looks so damn cool this trailer granted the show is a little more kiddie it is definitely a different age but this new trailer to me looks like oh my god they it looks like they're kind of upping the stakes a little and making it a little more serious yeah. so i i really hope they're not just teasing us with the trailer and then it's just back to the little kitty stuff but i'm actually excited about this trailer that i yeah, saw same here and, and and this follows exactly what happened with um star wars rebels like star wars, star wars rebels when it came yeah. out you know it was okay you know his little his goofy kid you know stealing fruit and everything and and, it, and it, even it was, clone wars a little bit with uh ahsoka and anakin oh, yeah, and, and sky guy and, and and you know all this little cutesy stuff it got very serious. It, it definitely. And that's, that's why when people had like this big backlash against Resistance, 
you know, citing they're they're citing the same things that happened, you know, with Rebels, and then is is in the exact same thing that happened with with Clone Wars. Like, like guys, yeah. give it a chance. Lucasfilm, I think they have this down pat by now. They they know they're going to start out with like the younger audience to bring them in, and as the show grows with the audience, you know, they as they both grow together, they'll they'll introduce more darker, more you know, more adult themes to it. Right. And yeah, and I I, I saw the trailer myself too. Yeah, and I'm I'm really. I haven't finished watching the first season. Uh, I'm not caught up yet, but once I catch up in the last like four episodes, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be really excited for for season two. Yeah, and as I mentioned, Clone Wars before, we do have Clone Wars returning for a final season. That was again gigantic surprise. They pulled on everybody during the last. I don't know if I think it was San Diego Comic Con or something like that where they announced it. Everybody freaked out. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to these last. Uh, I think there's about three arcs that they're going to be covering. So that's great because again, it brings us back to a little more adultish, even in the animation version of of Star Wars material and characters that we you know we really grown to 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 enjoy watching and 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 to get them a, a little more finality and a little more good way to kind of wrap them up in the proper way so I'm, I am looking forward to that now why don't you tell us a little bit about if there are certain toys you're looking forward to having to do with Star Wars oh uh, yes so I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, of, of the Star Wars Hasbro Black series okay. I have yeah so I, I have they're about like the the, the six inch line you depending on the character usually six inch or, yes. or maybe maybe a little maybe a little taller but these are, without doubt, my my largest collection of single figures. I have a whole bunch of stormtroopers and, and officers and everything. So 2019, they have announced a fairly good amount of characters that I really am excited for. And what I don't like that they're doing recently is that they're they're starting to make a lot of these figures exclusive to certain stores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, so, yep. and I really, and this this will take me to another rant, so I'll, I'll, I'll tread lightly. But, but for well, this for, is the perfect show for that. <laughs> for, for 2018, they had like um, of all stores, Walgreens had a had a had an exclusive yep. figure. So I, I had to know. Was it General Veers? General Veers. Yep. And you know, I, and then I so, so I had to go around to Walgreens. I had to I had to go like three different Walgreens before I found them. There was the, a Captain Rex also somewhere that I never Ca- I never Ca- found. Captain Rex was for um, GameStop. I believe oh, it's either GameStop or Barnes Noble, one of them. So they have they, they keep having all these like exclusive ones. We have to go to, like specific stores, but it really it really doesn't sit well with me. But for, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, but for 2019, they have there's a few of them that uh that I, I really am really excited to uh, to get my hands on them. And um my, my number one pick actually is um they're releasing the Clone Wars Obi Wan Kenobi, and this now oh. yes yes they they do have him already in one of the previous lines, but this one is his animated version where it's more of him in the battle armor. So so you see you, you see him oh, yes, yeah, so you okay. see him with the beard. He he has kind of like that news anchor comb over and he, but he has a, he also has <laughs> the um the the white trooper armor on and then as well as kind of like the the, the Jedi shawl kind of over it. and it looks really looks great. He has like the lightsaber out. And this is actually my favorite version of Kenobi actually. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just, I just love the idea that a Jedi, you know, even though you know he is with the Force and everything, still has to put on you know some clone armor just in case for this, you know, the, the, just in case for the stray, you know, laser shot that yeah, he might miss. So that that's coming out in late 2019. It looks like, 
And then they have Mace Windu going to be released, and that's going to be earlier in 2019. And this is, uh, yeah, okay. this is Mace in his, obviously, Jedi robe, the purple lightsaber. And, and I, I got to say, the, the faces on the characters now have really improved since when the Black Series started. Now, the, the, yeah, the faces were horrendous. Yeah. I, I, like the human faces, rather. They were horrendous when they first started. Now... The, the new technology they have now, the faces are just spot on. Like, like I'm looking at my Captain Piet figure, and he he looks just like the actor in the movie. It's 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 remarkable. Um, <laughs> and, and the last one, the last figure I'm looking forward to is uh, General Grievous. Actually, not a character I was mm. I was like in love with when I first saw him, but over the, over the years, he's actually really grown on me. And and the figure they have just looks amazing. He's like all four, you know, he has all four arms outstretched and, you know, the four lightsabers. So, yeah, so I really can't wait for this one. Yeah, this must be a much larger than your typical figure because he's 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 taller and, and wider when he opens up those arms. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah, uh, he has to be a bit above the normal six inches. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe they might make him into maybe like, mm. you know, eight maybe. He's a lot taller than Obi-Wan in the movies. So. I usually don't collect the uh, the six-inch ones religiously. Uh, I might get one here or there because I just don't want to... You know, when I start collecting something, I, 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 I could potentially lose it and start grabbing everything. So I try not to do that. But I do have here... Uh, I have a, a Lando from Solo. And I want uh, to get an L337 uh, because I know that one's also coming out, uh, I think, early this year. Uh, and the Sinksage um, wave. So I, I want to get her because then I got those two together, especially since after the last show we did, it's like I, I, I want to have a representation <laughs> of that character. And, but the one that I've been chasing and I've been hoping that they finally put out, and I'm hoping one day they'll even put a six-inch version, uh, there's a three-and-three-quarter new version of Clatu from Return of the Jedi. And I, I love having Clatu figures. I have here in my desk the original Kenner one, the Hasbro one that was released, not as an individual card, but as part of a four-pack or a two-pack or a three-pack or something. And this is the first time uh, that they're going to release him in a modern version, re-sculpted, carded. And I believe the card is one of those vintage cards like the original Kenner style. So uh, I'm going to probably end up getting one carded and one open to have because I, I have this little mini Clatu collection of just about anything I can get Clatu related, but it has to be Clatu <laughs> as the skiff guard. And the, the and the psychotic reason why that's my particular focus collection is because that was the character that Corey D. Williams played, which is Billy D. Williams' son. Oh, he really? played him, and he was also the stunt double for Billy D. Williams during Return of the Jedi. So I, I have my autographed picture of, of Corey D. Williams, you know, wearing his Clat 2 outfit. I have an action figure here, an original 1983 Kenner one, you know, in the bubble and everything still. Uh, so, you know, I, I have him as a Facebook friend. And, you know, a lot of us have been asking him for it's like, when is they going to when are they going to put a proper modern version of your figure out? And it's like an ongoing joke you know, for the last I don't know how many years. And now it's finally coming out, and I know he makes the uh, convention rounds, so if I ever uh, get to see him in person, I'm going to have him autograph that one, because it'll finally be a modern version. Again, until one day, hopefully, they'll make a six-inch version, which would be even better to have a larger Clatoo figure, so that's another crazy side, uh, you know, uh, toy focus <laughs> that I have, the, the, my Skiff Guard Clatoo. 
But luckily, I mean, I'm happy when there's not a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to toy-wise because then I just completely lose my mind trying to find this stuff and going on eBay and asking people, oh, if you see one in your in the store in this other state, get it for me and then ship, you know. It's just crazy. So in a way, uh, when there is when toy fair happens and all the different toy fairs that happen during the year or the comic cons and new york comic con and san diego and more toys are announced when they don't have a lot of stuff that i'm super super interested it actually makes me happy because i'll be i'll be saving money and i don't have to go crazy running around driving trying to find a lot of the stuff so these are a couple of little a couple figures here or there that i'm i'm going to be hunting down for but let's get back to television and movies because that is that is the main thing that is driving especially with all these toys let's talk a little bit of marvel and dc what do we have coming up on 2019 let's start with marvel because that that seems to still be the the giant one uh, you know it still seems to be the leader of the pack i'm going to just hit a couple of movies here the big ones captain marvel avengers endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home. So let's start with Captain Marvel. What is your take on Captain Marvel? I am really, really excited for Captain Marvel. And honestly, I don't know why. Like, In fact, I, I think I'm more excited for Captain Marvel over Avengers Endgame, to be honest. Yeah. It just seems like such like a like a fresh take on, like a fresh start. And I guess maybe, maybe because it's set, you know, in, like in the 90s and has like this, you know, sort of not bubble storyline but it's like it, it can be its own thing it feels like and and the yes. character is uh, i'm not i'm not so familiar with captain marvel where you know i'll, I'll be bringing in a bunch of baggage into the into the movie theater like i always do with comic book movies so that's why i think i'm, I'm mm-hmm. a bit more excited about this one because i mean let's be honest with avengers endgame there's a lot of emotional and you know storyline you know from the from the previous storyline a lot of stuff we have to bring in with it it's a very heavy story with marvel with captain marvel it seems like it's going to be more of a lighter movie that we can you can kind of go in you know so sort of like a palate cleanser right before the big one you know avengers endgame comes in so yeah so i'm really i'm really excited to see it and it looks like they're yeah. true the marvel fashion they're they're balancing the humor with the actual action which you know they've made into a science by now i agree completely in terms of uh, for marvel films and even for dc films for, as far as i'm concerned i prefer the origin stories of characters especially characters that are least less popular so Granted, when you start mixing characters, when you start doing the Batman versus Superman, the Avengers, you know, that kind of thing, the the, the mix-ups, that's when I kind of, okay, I understand, okay, now it's your turn, now it's his turn, now it's her turn, you know, everybody has a turn at doing their thing, but I, I do rather enjoy most the original stories. Granted, like you said, I don't have the comic book baggage that, that a comic book person would have, so to me, it's all brand new, it's completely, you know, even with Captain Marvel, I had to kind of ask some people, I say, well, what's this all about, and well, wait, there's there's been so many Captain Marvels, and this is one particular version of Captain Marvel, and blah, 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 it's like, okay, that's nice. Granted, this is also their first, if you think about it, female lead uh, for a Marvel film. You know, DC did it uh, previously with Wonder Woman, completely successfully, probably, as far as I'm concerned, being one of the best modern uh, DC films put out lately. So this is their turn. This is Marvel's turn to see if they can succeed also at doing it. And like you said, even though this is going to be tied to the way that Infinity War 
ended, you know, uh, we know that she has something to do with this. But because it's an origin story, I'm sure they're going to be using something, I, I don't know, 80, 90% of the movie is going to be her story. And then at the end, they're going to tie her in to Endgame. You know, that's they're not going to they're not going <laughs> to cheap out on her particular story just to kind of get you to Endgame. No, Endgame is the is the is the dessert you know, in this meal, basically. Also, as far as sequels go, it doesn't seem like we're dealing with too many sequels. Um, obviously, Endgame is going to be a sequel, but I don't know. I'm getting the feeling they're slowing down a little bit in terms of, you know, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Granted, with Guardians of the Galaxy, it kind of went off the rails by them getting rid of the director, and I don't even know when he was supposed to have his turn next. You know, was I don't know if Guardians was supposed to be a 2019 or 2020 movie, uh, but... You know, you you still have your three movies of the year. Endgame comes after this later in the summer. It's going to be exactly what we're expecting. I don't think there's going to be no major surprises other than possibly see how the Avengers will change going forward. Who will be the new Avengers and which Avengers are no longer coming back? That seems to be the big question, right? Yeah, and I think you're right in the fact that there is going to be sort of, um, I don't want to say a slowdown, but the movies that we've come to expect, like the se- with all the sequels, like the Iron Mans and Captain Americas, those I can see are going to taper off, really, given the nature of what happens in Infinity War and Endgame. So I think this is going to now, I think post-Infinity War, we're now going to start being introduced to new characters that are sort of going to take up the mantle of you know the the heroes that we may or may not lose. Uh, so, yeah. I, so I think that there's going to be a slight gap between when Endgame wraps up and we get a sort of new passing of the guard, so to speak. Any new heroes that, that they bring in. So the sequels, we probably won't see a ton of sequels around the characters that we know. And we'll probably see a whole bunch of new origin stories following. Right, and with Spider-Man later in the year, which is, I guess it's considered a full-blown Marvel film. It's not one of these uh, Sony offshoots anymore. The, the, because of the fact that they were kind of still in agreement to share the character, I think what Spider-Man is going to do is going to take the mantle of the lighter of the films. Oh, because really? <laughs> from what I understand, Captain Marvel is going to be, somebody described it as a as a lethal weapon type of film, a buddy cop or a buddy, two people being buddies, adventure type of feel to it. Endgame is going to be super serious, obviously, because it's Endgame. So you always need to have the, the lighter version. You need an Ant-Man. You need a Guardians. Well, there is no Ant-Man and Guardians this year, but I have a feeling that's what they're going to do with Spider-Man. They're going to save Spider-Man for the more... I don't want to call it kid friendly, but family friendly, more more jovial kind of uh, uh, adventures. Not not so serious, not so not, not not so much of a downer. Like the whole world depends on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I wouldn't say that that's no kitty. I would say that that's that's actually sort of needed, yeah. <laughs> especially after, especially after right. end game. You know, wraps up. I think we're going to, you know, everyone is going to need some sort of more of a, you know, a more lighthearted story, something with some hope in it. Right. Now, with that said, there are other Marvel related entities. Dark Phoenix is still coming out. I was still wondering after a while, is this thing going to actually come out? Well, it, it is going to come out because it is it was part of the deal uh, before the, the buyout of, uh, of Fox you know, films from um, uh, from Disney. So that will get, uh, I guess, a way of wrapping up that wave of X-Men new films that we were, we've were been dealing for with a while. I mean, are you are you interested at all in this one? Oh, yeah, I, actually, I really am. Um, and I, I was following this from when we saw the first, like, leaked set photos. 
it looked really good. Like I, I saw some of the costume designs that they had, and they were they seemed to be taking a lot from Morrison's type of story of Uncanny X Men, which okay. yeah, which they they have they have sort of like kind of like the the blue and yellow sort of costuming and design to them. That's actually some of my one of my favorite story runs on it. And then the fact that the theme of the of the movie sort of we got rumors of. It, first being more horror-based, and then it changed to being more, what's the word, kind of more, I guess, adult, more like R-rated. Okay. But obviously obviously not. But, you know, it's, it's supposed to be more of an adult theme to it. But the theme that they were pushing was it was going to be a lot darker than the other, in the previous X-Men movies. Okay. Um. So I, I'm not sure if they're going to keep that theme or, because for a while, I haven't heard much about it, to be honest. For the last maybe two or three months, it's been pretty quiet in terms of um any sort of like set photos or anything. So I definitely am still looking forward to it. And I, and I really hope as the last of the Sony's releases that this that they actually knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Now with DC, they're taking a, an unusual route this year. To me, it almost feels like they're concentrating mainly more on television than on film. Because the, the big films that are DC related are films like Jazam and Joker, which... Yes, they are DC characters, but Jazam is not really part, as far as I think, of this new wave of, you know, Aquaman and Batman and Superman and, and, and Wonder Woman. It, he's not part of that. It's, it almost feels like a, a side thing, kind of like, 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 like Deadpool was a side thing to the existing Marvel because it was a side project. And Joker, you could say, oh, well, there you go. Joker was part of the Batman uh, versus Superman world and all that. And, and uh, what do you call the other one? The Suicide Squad. Yes, he was. But this is not that Joker. This is yet another rendition of Joker because they're still theoretically planning on, on doing something with that other Joker at some point. So it seems really strange that they're they're bypassing just about everything. We do know that there's a Wonder Woman film that's going to be released the following year that will continue the, the you know, the, the those other films we saw, at least. But don't you find it a little strange that they're skipping their normal films? I find it strange, but I, to be honest, I actually sort of see what they're trying to do. And I think that this, and I could be completely off base here, but I, from what it feels like, it, it feels like that, for so long, DC, and we t- I think we touched upon this on one of our previous shows, for so long, DC has tried to sort of emulate the Marvel way of having this shared universe and everything's yes. connected and every single movie will tie into all the other movies and, and they, they have these big, you know, connected endpoints like, you know, the Avengers movies that sort of bring all of them together. I think what DC is trying to do now is trying to say, okay, we can have a shared universe, you know, on one side, but we also want to introduce this thing called, you know, the Elseworlds or sort of like, you know, one-off movies where it doesn't necessarily have to be connected. It could just tell, it could just remain as its own story. And that's what I think the Joker movie is representing where it's going to be, okay, we know that Joker normally appears with Batman all the time. And, he, you know, this could be part of a bigger story, but put that aside and just watch this movie just as its own. And I think the same for Shazam where it potentially could later on, if they wanted to, you know, tie it together to the other justice league and other DC heroes. But for the the sake of this story, you know, keep it in its own bubble, you know, watch it just as a standalone. And I think that's maybe the direction that they may want to go on moving forward. Maybe they might not want to have to, you know, try to, create this like artificial you know everything's tied together basically copy of what marvel's done let's try our own approach to it and let's just try having this just tell stories about you know these separate characters 
And, you know, if, if people like it, then, yeah, you, you can, we can sort of, you know, later on bring them together. But I think that's what they're trying to do here, really. It's just instead of having a, a universe where everything's connected and, you know, all the characters are together, let's just keep it separate, keep each movie as its own. Ironically, this is exactly what they're stopping right now in the Star Wars world with Disney. Yep. They're putting the brakes on the standalone films and letting people focus on the trilogy and it looks like dc is doing the opposite is doing exactly that they want to let people focus on the standalones now with something like jazam again it's completely a different animal because it's a very lighter tone comedic practically type of superhero film which correct me if i'm wrong but we haven't seen that yet from dc have we i mean the closest thing would be suicide squad because of the banter between the characters but it was nowhere near as funny tone this is more uh, again in the marvel side this would be more guardians or or ant-man material yeah it's definitely definitely ant-man material um which is a bad thing it's just it's just i guess it's sort of disjointed feeling from coming from dc because dc isn't yeah. really known for their humor you know so to speak just watching the, the the tv show titans you know yeah humor and lightheartedness doesn't really go well with the dc uh their normal fare but it, it, again, I, I I give them props, for, and I, I'm looking forward to this for, for coming out as well because it's something different from DC. And and, and as being a, a big DC fan myself, you know we don't really see this type of humor from them. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and and the Joker again. This is going to be a more I imagine, uh, even though it is directed. Uh, let me see here by the guy that did The Hangover comedic director I, I don't think they're taking the comedic route with this one i think i think this is going to be a serious dark one for this joker film so we'll see we'll see which way it goes again as we mentioned television is what what dc seems to do the best in terms of they have the most volume you know quantity and quality granted marvel has their own shows but not as many and a lot of them are folding uh, most likely out of Netflix, not because of ratings, but because of the rights. Disney wants the rights. They want to get the rights back to them because once they start unleashing all these streaming services that they want to put together, Star Wars streaming services, Marvel streaming, you know, all these, they're going to want to, you know, get these characters back into their own channels. So that's another strike against Marvel on television is that not only do they, they can't compete quantity-wise, but now they have even less shows because of all this all this pullback that they're getting. But let's just start mixing it up now because there's so many more things coming up. The Punisher is, uh, I think, about to start any day now uh, on Netflix. The Most likely, I imagine, will be the final season of The Punisher because they're going to want to do the same thing. We were talking about there's a Jessica Jones third series, a third uh, season that has already been shot. So we're, we're going to get that one no matter what but it is going to be the last one. So that kind of will end the Netflix side of Marvel, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that will probably be the last nail in the coffin. Well, not nail in the coffin, but I think that'll be the, you know, the, the last wrap-up of, of the Marvel uh, shows for Netflix. So For Netflix, and, yeah. And, for Netflix, yeah, for Netflix. So um, yeah. I think after that, it'll all be in Disney's camp by then. And then, you know, when Disney Plus launches, they'll have uh, sort of have sort of free reign to start bringing these characters back which is going to be sort of interesting i mean are they going to recast the characters or are they going to try well that's the thing if these actors are not available they 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 gotta have to recast yeah let's see stranger things i love the show very retro 80s kind of stuff i love the first two seasons can't wait to get more of it it's it's comfort food it is complete comfort food watching that show 
One show, I don't know if you've been, if you watched it at all, uh, that I absolutely love, Manhunter from uh, David Fincher. It's about the serial killer oh, FBI yeah. unit that hunts them down historically and all the, all the science that goes into it. That's one I was following that I absolutely loved. There should be coming up with another season soon. Let's talk a little Star Trek Discovery. We've done a huge show about it very recently, going over the first season. We both loved it. I actually restarted watching the first season again because of all of the surprises and the twists. I'm watching it now to see if I can spot these twists and all these hidden things as you go along. And the show feels different. It just feels so different. And talk about something that is completely the opposite of The Last Jedi. As I keep saying, the more I watch The Last Jedi, the more I'm, I continue to be disappointed and it does not, I cannot turn this movie around by just watching it another time. It just does not do anything for me. On the other hand, I'm watching this first season of Star Trek and I love it just as good. I don't get tired of re-watching it. I don't know what it is about the show. It is just so well made. I mean, I, I think you're on the same page on this one, right? Oh, 100%. What's funny is that was actually something that worried me when I watched the first few episodes of Discovery is because I was worried about the rewatchability of it. Like, even though it plays out beautifully on, you know, when you watch it from episode to episode, I was worried that it would be a show that you would watch once and it would be sort of hard to get back into the watch again. Because honestly, it, it is a bit hard to kind of like pick up a random episode of Discovery and watch it because it's so serialized and it you know, is serialized. So, yes. So if you do want to rewatch it, it sort of lends itself from you to sort of revenging it really and watching it from the beginning. It's done so well and it's it's so well tied together. And like you said, it's sort of the opposite of what Last Jedi is, where this where the story like it'll veer off on one place where you think it's going and then it it, it just drops the storyline. I'm talking about Last Jedi here. <laughs> and with, with, with the entire season of Discovery, it's so, you know, there's there's hints in the beginning, there's things that you can watch out for. And even, like, just to give you a quick example, the black badges that you that we see in the beginning of Discovery, the, the black badges, now, they aren't brought up again in that first season. But if you watch the trailers for season two, they absolutely are brought up and they yeah. do continue that plot point where it does confirm. And, and I won't give any spoilers or anything like that, but it does sort of confirm mm-hmm. what many fans have been speculating about what the badges mean. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, but, but Discovery is, was the first season was really i mean i did have my problems with it but it, it, it was really really great so season two the trailers for it look amazing and they they're starting to bring back you know the older looking costumes uh-huh. and we we, we we looked at this before but just the more brighter costumes it seems like they're making it embracing a little bit more of the humor to it. it it looks phenomenal i really can't wait for this i recently watched and i'm sure you might have already watched them as those uh, short treks the, the, oh, yes. the two additional <laughs> ones because we reviewed the first two and i yeah. finally watched the the one about saru's family and where he came from and and the, that weird planet and that weird sacrificial thing that they had going on with with his race and him finally getting out of the planet and then the one with mud which was hilarious which is great the one with mud <laughs> Easily is my favorite. The, 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 the humor in that was so spot on. And it was directed by Rain Wilson also. He not only stars, but he directed it. So he's, oh, really? I, oh, oh, I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what I also loved about that one? The music. They do this kind of night loungy yeah. 60s uh, Star Trek rendition of the of the theme song that it was like, oh my God, it's so weird. I can't wait yeah, to 
to download the soundtrack. If the if the composer is the same guy who composed the first, I think it was. I think it's Jeff Russo. I think his name. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the guy who also did the music for Legion. And and, yeah, and yeah. both series have the perfect you know music. I love it. <laughs> it, it yeah, so I'm I'm I think the the short tracks they really hit it out of the park. Um, the, the the first one is probably my least favorite, but I really hope that if they can continue that, if they, yes, yeah, yeah I it, agree. it was the weakest out of the bunch. But um, I, I think if they can continue, you know, doing what they did with the last two, I, I I really hope they they bring it back for the next season. And talk about something that you just cannot predict anything. You hear the stories of how this show had so much chaos as it was being put together. How the creator of the show, the showrunner, left after like one or two episodes. He got fired, and then all the writers got fired, and everybody got fired except for like one guy and they you know new people were brought in and this is the type of show that should have just burned and crashed and died on arrival and it's the opposite it's almost like rogue one you heard all these nightmare stories about reshoots and then it's a great movie well this is exactly that kind of scenario it's a great it's an amazing show but it seemed to have been suffering so much in the process of becoming what it is now i just don't understand well, what's funny is a lot of people would say that it crashed on arrival because uh, there's a, a huge amount of well look i, I won't say huge but there's a, a fairly vocal minority as they say of, of people who really pan discovery as much as possible i mean they just like yeah but you know what i think a lot of these people whether the show had controversy or zero controversy these are purists that it's like it's shatner or nothing and i know yeah, these yeah, i've known right. these people i don't want to say i know them i have known these people and, and no matter what you present to them if it doesn't have shatner on it it doesn't exist so it's like okay next <laughs> yeah 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 you're right so, again, I, I'm uh, completely – all, all these new trailers I've been watching, I can't wait to, to continue to watch the show to see where it goes. The fact that it's a short season, this this model, this, this streaming model, which is the British model, you know, 11 or 12 episodes or something like that, works perfect for a lot of these shows because there's no fat. No fat, no filler. It's just all – it's all good stuff, so you don't you don't get bored, and you don't have to stuff the show with with crappy episodes. I don't know if you remember, but back in the eighties, they used to have like the uh, the 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 remember episode where they would show, show clips of previous episodes. Of, of somebody somebody got knocked on the head, and yeah, they're having flashbacks, the flashback and they're having episodes. dreams of. And then there was the time where we, we all went to the mall, and then you have the episode. Okay, everybody's going to the mall. It's like no, that's that's you don't do that anymore. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they tried that on uh, like modern, see, like, like Game of Thrones, like if they had like a flashback Game of Thrones episode, I think there would be such a, a, a backlash. <laughs> like, what the oh hell my is God. this? Now, one of the disappointing things about the show, again, and it, it's still a good show, is that Nicholas Myers was involved in the first season and he has not been asked to return. And I know he's not very happy about it, but. It was kind of like, wow, you had Nicholas Meyer, the guy who did Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 6, and they kind of got rid of him now. And he was also supposed to be doing a, a Wrath of Khan or before, you know, a, a before Khan became Wrath of Khan Khan, a post Space Seed Khan series that apparently they did not pick it up. He wrote it and they kind of, it's sitting in the shelf somewhere. So that kind of went nowhere. And then out of the blue, I'm hearing that there's an apparently an animated 
Star Trek show now that they're developing. And at the same time, a potential fourth film, it seems to have gotten completely away from everybody and they don't seem interested anymore. So I have no idea what's happening with this animated show now. I started watching the old animated show just for the hell of it. And I'm having fun watching that, but I don't know what what direction they can take with a new animated uh, show. I, th- I think humor is there is is going to be the, the the big uh, draw of that one. I think oh, it's, I it's hope not. Like, it's, 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 yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be more <sighs> lighthearted and, and funny. Over now, that's that's just from what I hear. I, I, I could be completely wrong, but um, I think it's called Star Trek Lower Decks. I think and it's going to be uh, more comedic. Oh, uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to try anything. I don't care. All right, some <laughs> other movies coming out. Uh, John Wick three. I'm a big fan of the John Wick films. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Us, the the next film by uh, Jordan Peele. It's not a sequel, but it's his next. It's his follow up to Get Out. Uh, I saw the trailer. It looks really creepy. Again, it, 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 he seems to have this style now, this horror style that, to me, it lo- it almost looks like it's following into this next film. So I am looking forward into that. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Tarantino's next film. This one having to do about the Sharon Tate murders, uh, uh, Charlie Manson, you know, in the, I guess, the the, the early 70s and and that whole murder that took place. Tarantino's doing a version. I think uh, DiCaprio is involved once again in one of his films. Television, you mentioned, uh, obviously, all of the Netflix uh, stuff. Uh, Game of Thrones. I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones. I can't wait for the, the final season to wrap it all up. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of angry that because I, I'm, I'm a big Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm a big fan of the books over the TV show. So, so uh, the books. Okay. I haven't touched the books yet. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I, I haven't touched the TV show. So <laughs> rah, 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 rah. <laughs> I'm just angry that you guys got the end of the of the TV show before we got the end of the books. We started it. Wow. <laughs> so, but hold on a second. We obviously we haven't seen the last season yet because that's coming. But uh, is the show further ahead than the it, books it, right it now? It will be once that last season hits. Yeah. Once that happens. Okay, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. What We Do in the Shadows. This is a, a, a comedy movie that is being turned into a television show from the director of Thor Ragnarok. I can never remember his name right and pronounce it. Takiki Watsatsi or something. He's a hilarious actor, director, and they're turning it into a television show. I know my, especially my daughter is, is really looking forward to that one. I can't wait to see see it lost in space uh, another netflix show that i watched uh, i think it was last year that i was completely blown away it was like wow this is actually good i can't wait to see that um killing eve uh, i think this is bbc america uh one of these uh drama uh, crime shows that that really uh, i enjoyed american gods in stars neil gaiman i think is the writer of the book and uh again completely bizarre uh, series uh, really weird. Speaking of weird, going back to Jordan Peele, the Twilight Zone. He is reviving the Twilight Zone, which I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very iffy on this one, by the way. <laughs> I mean, this is probably what the fourth or fifth revival of the show. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'll take it. I don't care. I'll try it. I don't mind. Uh, there's a Lord of the Rings series, which I don't know if it's going to start this year or next year, and I forget if it's either Hulu or Amazon or something like that. I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, from right because... here, from right here, I think it's I think it's Amazon, but I'm not sure if that's going to be 2019 though, because that, that okay. I'm not sure if they if they even started like pre-production on that. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Watchmen, the the HBO version of Watchmen as a series, that I'm really interested. You know, I I I enjoyed uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen film. 
and I'm really interested to see what they can do, especially on HBO. You know, HBO has a good track record of turning, you know, very long, adultish kind of material, you know, like we did with Westworld or, or even The Sopranos or The Game of Thrones. Well, can they, ta- you know, can they tackle the world of Watchmen? And they've already had a couple of sizzle reels that had a couple of clips of what some of these characters look like. And it's like, wow, this is really interesting. I don't know if you saw them yet. No, no, not, not yet. Actually, yeah, I haven't. I haven't been following this. Um, yeah, as close they, as it probably should be. They're out there. The Dark Crystal. They're gonna. They're making a series out of that. Again, not exactly something that we're ch- that I'm chomping at the bits for the last 30, 40 years. But it is a retro kind of thing that it'd be interesting if if they can do something with it. I know it does have its own cult following, and yeah, I'll take. A, I'll I'll give it. I'll take a crack at it. Yeah, I, I definitely will as well, and I, I would be. So much more on board of this if this was Labyrinth, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a really big Labyrinth fan. I got my, my, my sister. Don't and be I, surprised if, if that's right around the corner. That I'm, I'm sure there's been, there's been Labyrinth rumors, you know, for the last, especially since uh, Bowie died. Yeah, it's been kind of like in the ether out there, and people are saying they want something with Labyrinth. Don't be surprised if somebody grabs that. I hope so. Here's one that I'm sure you're. It's on the number one of your list, Swamp Thing. Uh, yes. What can you tell us about that? This is this is I've been, I've been actually trying not to pay attention to like the casting and everything because <laughs> I want to be surprised. Like I, I I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan. Like in back of me right now, I have you know I have a few Swamp Thing comic books on my wall, and I I, I love what <laughs> Alan Moore did with it. Like I have I have his entire run of all the trade paperbacks of the entire thing. Did you like the the movie, the the first film that was made? Uh no, no, not really. <laughs> no, I can't I can't say I did. And nor did I like the, the late 80s Swamp Thing cartoon. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> so, about that. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that did exist, <laughs> unfortunately. But 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 seeing uh how DC has handled uh their shows like Titans and how they introduced Doom Patrol and the show Gotham and those sort of like mm-hmm. longer format style shows. Uh, I really think that Swamp Thing will lend itself because he's just like a dark brooding character where, you know, not everything is like fast paced and, you know, not, no, there's no like explosions and you no know, quick turnarounds. It, it, everything traditionally Swamp Thing is a much more slower paced character. So I, I really... Really, I'm excited uh, to, to to see how they handle this. Well, the, on the DC side again, and on television, there's just way too many things to even mention. But one of them is the uh, uh, what's his name, Pennyworth. They were doing a whole series just on that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I wasn't really following that as 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 probably much as I should be as well. Um, but yeah, I hear, I hear Pennyworth is getting its own its own show. Wow. So yeah, DC is a lot to actually um, look forward to. And of course, they're bringing back you know the other the other already ongoing series like um, and, and Batgirls also coming yeah yeah and back yeah that's right i forgot i forgot about Batgirl. yeah, yeah. yeah. um that back they have doom patrol coming and i think one more i think isn't it like star girl or something something star girl yeah i saw that i saw a picture of her it's like yeah yeah she's got like a captain america star on her sh- on her chest or something it's like what is that about i have again i have no clue what the whole this is about <laughs> <laughs> uh here's another one i want to throw at you it has nothing to do with with dc or marvel hannah this is a movie i watched a long time ago about this girl who has these uh ex- experimental powers that makes her very athletic and and, and, a, and a fighter but she's like 12 or something they're turning it into a series which i'm that i am i am very curious because i really enjoy that movie if you ever have a chance watch it and you might be more familiar with this netflix apparently is developing an anime ultraman do you know anything about this uh i heard about it um i, I should have been following this closer because wow. I, I, I do actually like ultraman but yeah i did hear about it um i'm not sure if they, if they started 
development on it yet. From, from last I heard, it, it was just a rumor from last I heard. But uh, if they are, and if it is kicking off in 2019, that's another that's another one I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put down and uh, and see, see if I can uh, if, if I can like binge the whole thing or something. Yeah, Netflix has been getting a lot of like animated shows under their belt that are really good. I just finished watching, I guess it's the second season of Castlevania, and man, that was so damn good. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I really hope they go for a third season. Yeah, I heard Castlevania was actually surprisingly good. And, yeah. yeah, and also also to to pivot back to DC for a sec. Speaking of animated, the Young Justice series is picking up for season three, and that oh, that right. I think actually might have already started. And I I need to as soon as I got put on my list where I have to catch up on it because the first season of Young Justice was really actually really really good. There's just way too again. It's there's too way much. too much stuff. Yes, yeah, too much. This is just the stuff that's like on our radar. Could you yeah, imagine yeah, exactly. the other stuff that's going to surprise us that we had no clue it was coming or anything like that? Because half the things I love this year were completely unexpected. So <laughs> I'm sure a lot of these are going to turn to crap and they're not going to be any good and we're going to be like oh damn it we wasted so much time looking forward to this and it was so disappointing but uh, that's half the fun of it <laughs> for me <laughs> but again there's just too much the downside of all this is that because there's going to be so many streaming services it's going to be difficult to really keep up with these things I mean you, you yeah, I always say you know you can always wait for DVD because eventually all this stuff gets put on DVD and Blu-ray uh, if you're good with a computer you know what to do with a computer so so good luck. Uh, you're on your own. <laughs> are there any any other shows that I, I might be forgetting that you might remember? Uh, I think that's it in terms of TV. The only thing else for movies, real quick, is that I, I, I do I must give a shout out for for Godzilla, which I'm excited. Oh I'm, yeah, that's right. Which I'm I'm really excited for, and and I think just from that trailer, it's, is it King of All Monsters? Uh, uh, yeah, yes, I think that's the subtitle. Okay. Um, they're gonna bring in, you know, got sort of Godzilla's more his rogue gallery of more famous, <laughs> you know, villains, the King Ghidorah and Martha. If you look at the trailer for it, I mean, it looks like, and I'm not, I don't want to get my hopes up, but it looks like it just blows the first one way out of the water because the first one I wasn't a fan. The first one I was not a fan of at all. Wow. Um, it, yeah. Really, I I liked it. I don't mind. I liked it. It was all right. It was it, it, it was okay. It it, it just. It, it just it just seemed like it was trying you know like i don't know i i didn't connect with me but this one i'm all on board for you know going in. what about skull island did you like skull island no, like the king kong yeah no really no i, I, I <laughs> yeah I saw, I saw i saw that too and i and I, did, I didn't really connect with it so hopefully you know i'm over two apparently <laughs> but, uh, but uh hopefully for this one i'm i'm, I'm just the trailer alone, it looks like it's going to be pretty pretty good. Netflix also has a lot of, uh, again, animated uh, Japanese Godzilla yeah. stuff, like modern stuff. And, you know, th there's apparently some good stuff out there, too. They keep pumping out new stuff left and right. Yep. Wow. So, again, you guys have way too many things to, to, to think about here and, and plan on watching. How are you going to do it? I don't know. Like, like I said before, uh, <laughs> the streaming services, I'm, I probably will end up getting maybe one more service. I imagine if out of anything, I'll probably get anything having to do with Star Wars. I'll probably get one. But I cannot do a Marvel service, a Star Wars service. I can't do Hulu. You know, there are certain shows I still watch. The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Mr. Mercedes. I have to find them on the internet because I just cannot. It's impossible. You just cannot. You cannot. It's it's just impossible to, to keep up with all this stuff. And, and it's so damn good. That's what kills me is that there's stuff that's so damn good. And that's what ends up happening a lot of times is that 
you know, the year goes by and then you run into this 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 dry spell of nothing to watch because you kind of caught up with everything and nothing new has come out yet. So then you go on Netflix and you're like, wait a minute, you can watch the entire season of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh my God, where was the show all my life? I, I just recently watched, again, I loved a lot of the BBC stuff. I watched a show called Bodyguard, I think. Uh, the BB, I think it was from a BBC program. It was amazing. And I'm like, holy crap. This is just, uh, you know, when it comes to entertainment, you know, film and television, we are living in such a great time of of content that I wish it could be more like The Matrix where, where you can just plug in because you just do not have enough time to absorb and watch the stuff. I wish you could yes. just plug it into your head and, okay, give me six seasons. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, give me four of those and three of these. and you say we're living the best of times but to that to that same sentiment it's also the worst of times because there's just you just not enough time to 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 consume it all and and it it it's just so much out there so so much so much good content it's just so hard and as usual for for every good one there's 10 bad ones oh yeah yeah well that's just nature of the beast (laughs) oh man well anyway this is plenty of information for everybody. I want to, as usual, thank Steve for joining me today. I can't wait uh, for our next one because there's just too much. There's just way too much. It's just way too much. So thank you, Steve. Hey, thanks, Carlos. Thanks for having me. Um, happy New Year to everyone. Um, I'm hoping 2019 will be a great year for you all out there. You got it. Make, try to make it the best for myself as well. And not, and, 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 and not spend too much money on all these uh, geeky, nerdy hobbies oh, that we have. Yeah, good luck on that one. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> All right, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We went as far as possible that we could go on film and television, having to do with all of the different genre materials that are out there that we're waiting for, that we know about, that we've been already following and continuing, you know, with further seasons, further sequels, you know, that kind of stuff. And there's also tons of stuff that we don't even know about or probably have even forgotten about that we're going to get hit with a little bit along the way through the year. Now, don't forget, a lot of these things sometimes change, the timing changes, so keep your eyes open and follow the progression of all of these different shows and movies and television specials and all that kind of stuff because, you know, these things tend to flux every now and then. And there's, I'm sure, as I mentioned on the show, there is just way too much stuff, and that's just the stuff we are aware of that we're following religiously. You know, we cannot keep up with everything between the new streaming services, the new content that is overall being released, and the ever-changing plans of a lot of these events and properties. You know, it is practically a full-time job trying to keep up with these. So, once again, I want to thank Steve for joining me on this special preview show, and as usual, you guys for listening, and we will see you soon here at GeekFest France. Bye-bye, everybody. Daily Batson, I choose you. Say my name so my powers will become yours. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Shazam. A lair. Yes. 
If you have a location like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing, overlooking some water, overlooking some water, splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Experience it in IMAX. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2019. <laughs>